Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Data Minds, where science and art converge. I'm your host, Gregory Ash, and I hope everyone's off to a great morning, great afternoon, great evening, wherever you find yourself in your day listening to the podcast. So I've received a ton of requests to talk about me and my companies, um, my consulting company, M1 Data and Analytics, some of our products, what my background is what my daily routine is. So instead of just kicking that can down the road, I figured we'd take an episode and talk about me. One of the things that I probably least likely uh, like to do, Um, but here it goes. So Gregory Ash uh, grew up in the Northeast, came down here, it'll be 21 years this April down here to South Florida for a change in life. Um, found myself working um, in, for an investment real estate company um, on the acquisition side, um, acquiring properties, uh, found a very specific niche um, on the acquisition side, dealing with um, properties that were in probate. Got to get my first hand experience into um, data at that part in my life and what the power of data was. Um, probate is when someone, you know, passes away and you have to go, you know, through the through and probate a piece of property before you can sell it or transfer it or anything like that. So took our database, ran it up against the social security death index and especially carved out my niche um, dealing with properties that needed to go through probate. Once I understood the power of data then and there when the real estate bubble burst um, in 2005, pretty much dove headfirst into um, the data world, taught myself pretty much everything I know today, um, and essentially decided there was a better way to do things in the data world. Looked out, tried to find a problem to solve, one of the problems to solve back in 2006, 2007, was the fact that the internet, while it was technically old at that point to the consumer world, it was still relatively new. And approximately 20% of your form fills had some type of typographical error, as well as credit credit card fraud uh, was immense back then. It was a brand new world to most people. So built a real-time validation widget uh, that was essentially a shopping cart plugin to all of these different shopping carts that would real-time validate data. Uh, So Mary Smith, 123 North Main Street, it would take 123 North Main Street, give the, you know, USPS version uh, or the CAS certified version of that address. Uh, You 
back in the day, if you were ever typing into uh, some type of shopping cart transaction and it pre-popped your address, it was probably most likely our widget. Um, we offered it uh, to e-commerce sites in various different forms. Uh, first and foremost, a traditional database license where we would manage that data, they would get the widget, and they would simply pay a fee for it. The other way was we would do all of that absolutely free of charge um, as long as they gave us first-party rights to that data. So as you can pretty much assume, everyone said, oh, we want the free route, not understanding what the value of data was. So that little widget sits on roughly over 16,000 websites today. They're all e-commerce shopping carts in which we process transactional data on. Um, still to this day at no charge, you know, to actually compile the data as long as we're validating it and maintaining it and making it accessible to those clients. So that is essentially the foundation of where M1 data was created predicated on taking in all of this immense shopping behavioral data. That data today, again, is still used. It is the foundation of our internally built consumer file. Uh, we also use real property records to understand real estate transactions, process through national change of address, so on and so forth. So we actually truly do aggregate and compile from the ground up um, our data here at M1 Data and Analytics. From there, um, we started looking at other problems in the data space and where they existed, one of them being automotive data and the restrictions around the compilation of automotive data. Due to DPPA, the Driver's Privacy Protection Act, as well as the uh, Shelby Amendment. So we looked at the ways that we were already collecting data and how we could use those into the automotive arena to compile, you know, the best set of automotive ownership data that we can. Today, we do that across point of sale, point of service, um, insurance, uh, quotes, policies, and claims, um, extended warranty, um, national car groups. Um, when I say that, it would be the likes of, say, like a AAA or something like that, not that we compile data for or take in data from AAA. I'm just using that as a, as an example, if you will. And we, you know, built what we believe is one of the best automotive ownership files in the country and have maintained it for the last well, 14 years. Wow. Didn't realize it's been that long. So, and then we took that aspect and we started going into other things. Um, in 2015, we started to develop our smart pixel technology. Uh, right there, yeah. Um, now, smart pixel in the beginning wasn't necessarily a program that prepared us for the cookie apocalypse, if you will. It was more predicated around the change of IPv4 to IPv6. Um, it was something that burst out of a program that we used to have back that ran from 2012 to 2015, 16-ish, uh, which was called Match My IP. Um, a lot of companies still do reverse IP appending. Uh, it was something that we were big in, predicated on the amount of data that we took in. And what we saw was there were issues with IPs. There, I, the reason there IPv6 became a thing was because there wasn't enough IP addresses um, to be utilized singular to a singular device um, across the world, not just here in the U.S. So 
what we were starting to see is an IP address was dynamically shared across multiple devices. You can no longer pinpoint back to a certain device or to a certain individual. So we were trying to come up with a way in order to make sure we had that one-to-one -one match. In 2016, SmartPixel was born. Um, a few years later, we find out it's resistant to the cookie apocalypse and therefore giving us a significant headway and leadway uh, into leading the charge uh, for when the uh, cookie apocalypse does occur. Uh, from there, we started getting into other things such as uh, we built our location IQ right there um, program, which was centered around mobile devices. We figured if we could do it online, why couldn't we do it you know, on the device side, specifically with mobile devices and understanding movement to build additional behaviors. So we got into the software development kit game and uh, aligned ourselves with some SDKs and process movement records. Uh, we're up to roughly between 28 to 29 billion movement records that we process a day. Um, we built out by hand our own point of interest database, which sits at about 8.2 or 8.3 million uh, points of interest that we monitor. Um, not gonna go through them all, but essentially anything to do with automotive, anything to do with uh, recreational vehicles, um, marine and power sports, hotels, motels, quick serve restaurants, coffee chains, big box retail, uh, DIY retail, uh, anything that we believe could build out any type of behavioral attributes. Uh, we essentially have built out a hand-drawn polygon. Now I say polygon, but we've taken it a step further to polyhedrons. Um, not to get too technical, the only difference between a polygon and a polyhedron is a polygon is two-dimensional where a polyhedron is three-dimensional, allowing us to focus in on high-rises or certain levels of a point of interest that we want to monitor, whether it be, you know, a financial center, um, maybe it's a, a high-rise that we know houses a multitude of attorneys, who, who knows, um, dentist offices, anything that would be in a multi-level unit um, building a polyhedron allows us to focus on a specific floor rather than looking at everything top to bottom in that building and just being able to isolate and hone in um, on a better target. Um, through that, um, with all of our technology stacks, we have our All Data Counts platform, which is our self-service platform that allows users to go in and query our automotive database, our consumer database, any of our data attributes, our behavioral data, our lifestyle data, essentially any demographic you could want. Um, it's all meta tagged, kind of like a search engine. So you can, rather than trying to filter and find your way through 400 different fields, we've categorized them into 10 different segments, as well as provided you a search bar that allows you to just kind of start typing in um, what it is you may be looking for, and it populates searches for you uh, just as a user ease of access tool. Um, you can run counts, you can run queries, you can break down, you can build pivot tables, um, and you can order your data um, in just about any fashion, as well as push your data to virtually any location you would want to, uh, whether it needs to go you know, to someone on a specific team within your organization, or if it needs to go to a third-party vendor, it's all there. It's all simple drop-down menus and and just plug and play uh, that allows you an ease of access um, to our data.
on the consultancy side. Um, the stuff that I do that's been doing it since 2009, kind of started as small scale. Um, today, I probably play the role of CTO or chief data officer or something um, in about 30 to 40 other companies um, where I'll sit in on conference calls or I'll fly in person, sit in on meetings, um, help teams develop, you know, customer data platforms from a technology side, business continuity plans, um, two market strategies for data technology products. Uh, and that's allowed me to play in a much bigger sandbox, if you will, than just the data aspect. It's allowed me to see different angles and different points of view, um, you know, from a retail perspective, from a technology perspective, uh, tourism boards, financial services, uh, nonprofits. Um, I've gotten to see things from a significantly different angle than I traditionally would have just doing traditional data stuff. So it allows me to look at things from a different angle from a data perspective here at M1 Data. Um, it also allows me to share those experiences with our sales staff, with our customer support teams to help them look at things um, from multiple different angles. Um, one of the requirements we have here at M1 Data is if there's a problem or if there is a, a client has an off the wall request, that sales associate or that customer support individual or that tech person or that development person needs to come with three of what they believe are solutions to the problem or three solutions um, to that client's request um, when they bring it up in a team meeting. Um, that allows them to progressively think a little bit further outside of the box rather than having a singular focus. We then discuss it as a team with whichever respective team we're with um, in a small little brainstorming session in front of everyone that allows them to collectively understand uh, why we may have tackled an, an issue or a problem, a hurdle um, from a different perspective than just that singular focus, um, allowing everybody else to think out of the box and allowing all of the other employees um, the uh, ability to learn from others' experiences uh, rather than just being, you know, in that single lane of whatever their life experience is. So I believe that I've talked about myself enough. Um, as I stated, it's not something I like to do. Um, I really don't want to promote um, my own brands and products um, in this podcast. It's meant to be a neutral and completely um, unbiased podcast that is just more to create uh, education and, and learning uh, for those out there that want to learn. So as I stated, uh, I'm done talking about myself. Plus, I believe we're at that 13, 14 minute mark where I like to keep it. So again, as always, I appreciate your feedback, your comments. If you have any questions, uh, please shoot me an email, myquestion at dataminds.com. I'm sure it'll be scrolling down here somewhere. Um, the guys will pop it up for me. So until next time, hope you guys have a, a great morning, afternoon, evening. 
look forward to recording next week. For those of you in the automotive world, if you are going to be at NADA, I will be shooting two episodes live from NADA. Um, actually looking to take a little bit of a different take and get a few people on my podcast for these uh, live shows. So please shoot me an email, a text, uh, if this is something that you think you'd be interested in, and you'll be out in Vegas for NADA. Until next time, have a great day. With the Lucky Lands Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.